How do you like this? Shirley gave me this after my message today, and I think this is really profound. The written scripture is the Lord on paper. The written scripture is the Lord on paper. You let that sink into you, you're thinking about that, you think about that, that our Heavenly Father has expressed himself through paper. I was taken back. Oh, that was so deep. So thanks, Shirley, for that, for encouraging me in that. And I want us to look at 2 Corinthians 12, 9 tonight. If you were here a couple of weeks back, I did a message called We Don't Need Another Hero. And we don't need another superstar Christians flying around with their capes on. Um, Paul talks about them. He says, I'm not one of those super apostles, but I know who I am. And um, church doesn't need any more superheroes. And yet we can actually pump this stuff out. You know, leave your mark on the world. Be a hero for Christ. And I understand that, but at the same time, the wrong ears hearing that message can end up in a, in a dead end and, and not a good place. Because as you just heard with what Kirk was sharing about, unless Christ is behind it, unless Christ is empowering it, unless Christ is, is actually leading it, it's just good works which really are dead works and it's spirit-led works that the church is rewarded for. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do absolutely nothing, but we can do a whole lot of things, but we'll do them in our own strength. We'll do them in our own thinking, and so they have no real life on them. And that's why you see a lot of works and people get frustrated in Christianity because they're doing it from the completely the wrong posture. It's in their own strength, it's in their own will, it's a great idea, but it's not of him. And that's what he's saying in Matthew 7, 21. He said, you've never actually got to know me enough to be able to hear my voice, to be able to discern what's me and what's you, and then apply those things to your life. I'm just here to just do good works. The world does good works. I'm here to do more than that. And Paul's talking to us here and he's, he's experienced something. Because he has this thorn in his flesh. And he asks God, the Bible says, three times for God to get rid of it. And it's God that gives him the thorn. And then God, it's God that says this to him. So Jesus says, Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. So God's saying, my power, that word grace is power. My power is sufficient for you. For power is perfected in weakness. I'm not talking about being a doormat for people. I'm not talking about false humility, where we don't understand what true humility is. I'm talking about posturing yourself. God has given you a gift. He's given you abilities. He's the Christ in you, but yet you actually will allow him to define all that. It's a place of, I do not determine it. Christ, you determine it. I does no longer really exist in our category of speech. It's his will. And I had someone say to me, this morning, I said, this is just so hard living for Christ. 
It's actually not. It's just that we won't die. That's what makes it so hard. It's actually really, really, really simple. He says, do this and there'll be life. And so the only hard thing is because we fight it. We make it hard. Not him. Now hear me, I'm not saying it doesn't, it requires faith and it requires a, a bit of boldness and courage, but it's only hard because we make it hard. Because we try and live in our strength. But you don't know who I am. <laughs> you don't know who I am. And I'm here to, well, Paul's saying this, you know, he says, well, Christ is saying to Paul, my power, Paul, is perfected in weakness. Then he says, then Paul says this, Most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weaknesses. So Paul says, I'm, because of this, most gladly, now I'm going to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. I'm going to boast about my weakness. I'm going to allow my weaknesses, your power to perfect me so that the power of God may actually dwell in me. That's very powerful, what he's saying there. He said, I'm going to allow something to happen so I don't just sing about a reality, I live in a reality. I'm living in this thing. It's not one day it's yes and the next day it's no. Then the one day it's yes and the next day it's no. It's I live in it every day. Because I've allowed, I've gone somewhere with the Father, I've got that vulnerable, that desperate, that naked, that exposed out there that there's been an interaction because that heart scream was so loud, it woke something in heaven and there was an engagement that happened. There was a transaction that happened where this power is in me. And I share this from experience. I don't just share this as theological knowledge. In 1997 at 10 a.m. in the morning through a phone call, the power of God entered this vessel. I was radically different. Like I went to work like this and I now have this. People say, how do you know whether you've got the power of God in you? You'll know. You don't ask the question. Now, here's the reality. We can have the positional reality of it. Okay, and this is what I want to talk about tonight. The same power that conquered the grave lives in me. If I've invited Christ in, by faith I believe that, yes? But is it a reality for us all? Can we honestly say, you know what? I feel that power every day. It's the power of God that motivates me laying down my life. It's, the, it's a power. I can't die to me. I cannot lay my life down via discipline. 
It's called religious works. I'm wired to live. I need something bigger in me than me. You see, the DNA of the enemy, which we've all partaken of in the kingdom of darkness, because that's what we were born into, is self. And it's rampant. It's stench. Self-righteousness is a stench in the nostrils of God. Self. I am selfish by nature. I, 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 I. Well, the only thing that can trump that is the power of God. So, yes, positionally, I believe that. But there is more that I need to come into. So that is actually my reality. So I can, I'm empowered to lay my life down. See, Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him, God, who is able to do immeasurably more than I can ask or imagine or think according to the power that is at work within where? Me. Guys, I'm here to tell you tonight, there is a reality in him that is possible if you will go to a place where many will dare to tread because you are right out there on the edge. And I mean out there on the edge where you are so naked. My power would be perfected in your vulnerability. Follow me. Where are we going to go? I'm going to take you to the point of maybe even death. Will you follow me? The disciples were killed for their faith. Do I have the faith to follow him even to my death? You see, many people will abort the process and rest back on self because it gets too hard. We won't go to this place where he says, come on, come with me out there because we lack faith. We have unbelief. And so we turn around and we go back and we sit and we rest. But you know what? We never, ever come into this reality. The greatest thing that actually happened to me in my life was being smashed in a million pieces on the floor. Absolutely smashed. It was the best thing that ever happened to me because my self-will was smashed and I could not get over myself. I could not put the pieces back together. I could not try and do it. I couldn't try and take that button, that button. I was so smashed, the only option that I got was to scream heavenly and ask him for help. And this thing was so... Because of my, my wanting to hang on to me and control things. And there was an interaction between me and him. I didn't know what happened. I'd never heard of a baptism of power in the Holy Spirit. I'd never been inside one of these buildings. I didn't know what had happened. But something took place. Boof. And it empowered a love for him. I mean, I'm, how, do you, how do you go to work one day and not love God and then within a certain amount of time you love God passionately, you want to lay your life down for him? You know, he's the answer behind everything you've ever not known. It's not normal. It's not logical. It's not something you put in and you put 50p and get back this thing. 
It comes at a huge cost. It comes at a desire. It comes at seeking. I was seeking him for a while with everything I had. I've shared a story about going down to the waterfront. Nine o'clock in the middle of the night, raining and windy with my Bible open and my blanket looking like an absolute fool. Waiting for him. Because I'm not moving anywhere till you come. Perfect me in your power and my weakness. See, God responds to this type of hunger. He looks for this type of hunger. He desires this type of hunger. He's a hungry God. Do you love me with everything you have? Or am I just a byproduct of your life? You see, if we want everything he has for us, you've got to give something in return. I said this morning, if you want his beauty, you've got to let go of your ashes. You've got to get out there. You've got to let go of the things you've known. You've got to get love of the past. You've got to just get into this place of what I call scary zone, where you have to apply faith because that's what he's looking for. You see, it's not about, it's about come follow me. Well, do I trust you enough to follow you? It's really what it's about, isn't it? Trust. Do we trust him? With our lives. Do I trust him with my wife? Do I trust him with my daughters? Do I trust him with my own life? They're not mine anyway, they're his. Do I trust you, God? That's the question. And that's the question he poses when he says, come follow me. And I've said multiple times when we start asking, well, what clothes am I going to wear when I follow you? What food are we going to get eat on the journey? What house are we going to live in? He says, when you go, you don't take anything. Because my power will be perfected in your weakness. When you're naked and vulnerable and exposed, my power will come and there'll be an interaction. You'll see me. You'll experience me. And I'll come in, the, in you and boof. There'll be a power that you live your life from and i'm not talking about a three-day buzz of a conference or a nice time where you have an emotional connection i'm not talking about a feeling i'm into look i'm going god comes it's awesome but the work within a person that releases a lifetime of a journey with him listen to what arthur katz wrote in his book apostolic foundations Probably one of the greatest failures of the church is to be satisfied with verbal statements and creedal affirmations, but without the corresponding actuality. We are deceived, and we will be deceiving others if we satisfy ourselves with mere verbal acknowledgments alone. God is existential. He is the God of the reality. He is not content with mere approval of a doctrine. He waits for the appropriation and the reality. Charles Spurgeon said this. He said, no one should ever be in ministry if they've not been baptized in the power of the Holy Spirit. He's saying, if you haven't received the power from on high where you know poof, that everything you do is now live from an empowerment of Christ, you shouldn't be in ministry. Now, we're all in ministry. So he's talking about people like me. 
He says, you shouldn't be in it. That's his personal opinion. He says, we fill up theological schools with all these intellectual people that have got no power. Listen to what God says in Psalm 105.4. Seek the Lord and his strength. You see that word dwell, you know, it says to dwell in him, that his power would dwell in me. means this, formal live in or at a specified place. In the Greek, the word means of the power of Christ descending upon one, working within him and giving him or her help. See, I've often gone, I don't, how do you lay, how do you lay your life down? How come the disciples go from being these people pre-being baptized in the power to arguing with Christ, um, wanting to be number one, um, trying to burn down villages, um, really completely not getting it, you know, like seeing, actually performing the miracles, handing out the bread, doing all these things in the next breath going, who is this guy? Does anyone know who he is? You know, I know he's just fed, but do you know who this guy is? And, and then the, the, the week of Pentecost comes and they've been repenting. See, they've been repenting. So he's opened their minds, it says in Luke, this is the scriptures, and they're positioning themselves, waiting. And then the baptism of the Holy Spirit happens and the power of the Spirit comes upon them where some people think they're that crazy, they're, they're like on the booze. And Peter says, man, it's only nine o'clock in the morning. They're not on the booze. Something, there's been a transaction happen. And then these men, they're not perfect, but their lives reflect now a powerful transaction. Something went from here to here. Are you with me? Paul's the same. Here to here. And in between... The Bible says they were in 10 days at least of repentance, turning to the Father in prayer. Maybe they were fasting, waiting of one heart, one spirit, one mind. What's this really about? And then boom. But I'm going to surmise, but I would say that their heart posture was one of hunger, one of vulnerability, one of being exposed before him and just saying, Come and fill us with your power. See, no human being can give you that. No reading a book can give you that. It's a heart. The Bible says, if you seek me with all and have vulnerability, desperation, uh, all these things, by faith, there's a transaction. And there's an... There is a power that is available to you and I in him. And I'm here to tell you that tonight. As someone, not who thinks he's better, not someone who thinks, oh, well, I'm the senior leader. It's just someone who's experienced it. And I believe it's for everybody. It's not for special people. It's for us all. But we have to hunger for it. We have to yearn for it. We have to want him more than we want other things. And that is where the challenge is for us. And for me still.
And so here we find Paul going, hey God, take this thorn away from me. And God going, no, I'm not going to. See, God will allow things to happen to press you out of your box and your comfort where you're actually out in that place of being exposed. God is the cause of that, along with situations and circumstances. He was the one that gave Paul the thorn. The Holy Spirit took Jesus, put him in the, in the wilderness where the enemy was. Why? I believe because he knows that I can't get to somewhere on my own because of my selfish nature, so he needs to give me a hand. God actually has to help me get somewhere because I won't arrive there on my own. I will sit in myself and my comfort and go, it's too scary. So like that story about, I think it's the eagle with her chicks. She makes her nest, she starts removing the comfort of the feathers out of her nest, the things prick the little bubs and the bub gets up and flies. And that's love. See, the Bible says this in Romans 5, 3 to 5. It says, embrace or rejoice in suffering. Tribulation. Rejoice in it. Embrace it. I'm trying to run away from it. I don't like that. Now hear me, I'm not saying uh, that there is a, there's a good tribulation and, and suffering and then there's a, there's a negative one. I'm not saying, oh, God makes people get cancer uh, so he can teach them a lesson. Okay, that's not him. He allows things to happen. Our own dumbness can get us in trouble, can't it? My own dumbness and my stubbornness and my own will got me smashed into a million pieces. It was not him, it was me. So he says, Greg, now that you're here, embrace it. Because if you embrace me, if you'll allow me to work something in you now, instead of trying to run away from it and trying to fix it, but get your hands off it, but embrace it, then perseverance will start to happen in your heart. There's going to be a process I'm going to take you through. So rejoice in suffering because through suffering comes perseverance. Through perseverance, the Bible says, comes what? Character. You know, character can't be bought. Your character has to be bigger than your calling. God's going to call you. Your character better be bigger than your calling because you won't last. You've got an enemy that's going to come and take you out. He's going to fire things at you. So out of perseverance, as you go through and you allow this and you're being perfected, character comes. Man, does the world need to see Christians with character? Not charisma. Character. Yeah? Not great leadership ability to, to move and shift things, but character. You build on character. What's the character of this person? Are they trustworthy? Is their word their word? So character is formed. 
substance within a person that when stuff comes, they still stand because they've got the character to push through it. And then the Bible says from character comes hope. Is hope a feeling? Biblical hope? No. Hope is something, it's a substance of Christ. That's why it's one of the, 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 the top three. It's a substance of Christ in you that when stuff happens around you, you have this hope in him. Not even in what's happening around you, you just have hope. So everyone else and stuff can be falling like flies and you're standing there tall like this, bringing glory to him. And people come and they go, how can this be a reality? How come you're not falling over? Because I have a hope, I have a substance in, I have the Christ in me because the power of Christ is in me to be able to move through this where I'm not, I'm not faulted or I'm not altered by these things. While everyone else is running, maybe for their scripture, trying to quote scripture, putting on the latest Hillsong music, trying to encourage themselves, too late. Too late, you haven't gone through the process. You should be standing here now, not running around trying to flatten find the thing. Now hear me, that's good and we're to do that, but come on. When the pressure comes, when he squeezes the churches to stand, because we've allowed a process, we've gone through a process, we are turning to him. The early church turned to him, were obedient, went to the upper room, waited for him, Eyes on the prize, eyes on you, hungry in their spirit. We want more than our current reality. And then he has to come. We can't do any more than that. We try and fake it till we make it. We try and manipulate it. We try and replicate it. We try and do all these things. We have lights and flashes and all this stuff to try and do something only the Holy Spirit can do. And we've just got to get vulnerable enough and honest enough and real enough and take all the masks off and as one community love on one another until we all come into a greater reality that he has for us it's like he has so much for us guys there's so much that he has that i'm not yet in and the more i'm in it guess what the greater the impact and the influence i'll have in the doing element. There is a doing element to this Christianity. But it's from what posture am I doing it? If I'm doing stuff in my strength, you know where it leads? To death. It literally does. If you try and do things for him in your own strength, it's a, it's, it's, it's a, it's a pathway of death. Frustration. You'll, I see heaps of people carrying stuff they're never supposed to carry in their own strength. But in him, if I allow him to perfect me in weakness, man. And it says that the Pharisees, that they didn't understand the scriptures and didn't understand the power of God. Now, the Bible says that they didn't know the scriptures and didn't know the power. Can you hear what I'm saying? They knew scripture, didn't they? The Pharisees were scholared in the scriptures. They just didn't understand them. So you can know stuff or think you know it, 
I think I know. And they didn't understand the power. What do you mean? They knew about Moses. He parted parted the, the seas. They've seen the power of God move. They had their own people that were casting out demons off people. What are you talking about? We don't know. He says, know the power. No, you don't understand the power. But we've seen signs and wonders. That's what the power's for, really. Is it in its fullness? Or is there a power to come within a person that you don't understand? Is there a reality that you're not in and you're supposed to be in and you don't understand it? See, it's the power of God within that helps you understand his scriptures. It's the power of the spirit. When the spirit, the power of the spirit comes and fills you to a measure that this thing just goes beyond a book to, to actually food source. And as you read it, he feeds you from it because of a power within you. Because you're filled with the power of the spirit. Not just something else. Do you understand my scriptures? You don't understand them and you don't understand the power. I am not saying there's no power in people being raised from the dead. I'm not saying that there's no power in signs and wonders. Of course there is. But is there a power that we haven't yet really understood that we haven't come into and we can even go, oh, that's not even a reality? See, how many of you are thinking, is this even real what he's saying? Can I experience that for me? That's called unbelief. And the Israelites never entered the rest of God because of unbelief. They were supposed to. Unbelief will keep you in a box. Faith gets you out of your box. And if it's for you, do you want it? And I'm here to tell you tonight, it's for us all. There are no favorites in God, but there are those who have favor on their life because they are obedient to God. Come with me to 2 Timothy 3. And then I'll wrap this up. 2 Timothy 3. See, God puts his power within us for our own personal transformation. Is it easy to lay your life down? Anyone found that easy? To give over you. It's not, eh? Especially when someone gets in your face. You know, at times it's okay to go, oh, yeah, okay, well, you want my iPad? There you go. Okay. James, you might go, I've got enough finances to buy another one. That's not hard. It could be hard. What about letting someone in the queue? Oh, well, I can lay my life down for that. That's easy. What about when someone persecutes you? What about when you stand for truth or you're standing for him and someone gets right in your face and starts gossiping and lying about you? What about then? You got the power to lay your life down and not attack back? See, how far does he want to take this thing? The whole way. When God showed me what I will build my church was in the spirit, I freaked out and I went, really? That's what it's about? He went, yep. 
but I've given you my power to accomplish it. So there's no excuse. I'm looking to build a church that is selfless, sacrificial, and lays its life down for me and for others. Full stop. And you need my power, Greg, if you are going to operate and become that church. And it looks like this. I'm... He's, he's whipped, he's beaten, he's treated like a slave, and all he's ever done is love. He's been kicked, booted, thorns on his head, he's been whipped to such a measure that they don't even recognize him, his face is half ripped off, you can see his bones, you can see his organs, he's literally almost dead, they make him carry this cross up a hill, he's exhausted, all he's ever done is love and love and love, got on the face of religious spirits, and love, and love, and love, and they nail him, put nails in his hands to a cross, they shove even, well it's after he's dead, don't they, and they shove the spear, and he says this, and people are spitting on him, if you were the son of God, you could come down, ah, giving him the bird, giving him all this stuff, getting in his face, it's love that keeps him there, and how does someone say, Father, Forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. He said, Greg, I'm building a church that will utter those words. Do you want to be part of it, son? (laughs) It's a challenge, eh? To us all. Will you manifest me when people spew on you? What will they see? When we're pressed, what do people see? There's only two spirits. Him, me. If I'm pressed, do people see Greg coming back? Or do they see the Spirit of God coming out? That's a big question. The kingdom of God is peace joy and righteousness well when you are pressed do people see peace joy and righteousness or do they say anger venom pus see his power which he gives enables a transformational work because his grace is the power is sufficient for you to journey through something where you are being pressed and righteousness actually comes forth because when you are pressed what's in you comes out of you. So it's what's there. Can I say that? Can I be that honest with you tonight? When you are pressed, what comes out of you is actually what is there. It's not who you are, but it's what's there. See, God has power. What's more more powerful? Power to heal a broken arm or power that performs a peace when everything is going nuts, it stands. A peace that goes beyond all understanding. A joy that is produced in you that stands in the face of adversity and rubbish and whatever's going on. What's more powerful? That power or for God to heal a broken arm? To have a peace that goes beyond all understanding. Man, give me that any day than just heal my broken arm. 
Yeah? Give me your righteousness, the power that performs your righteousness. So the manifold wisdom of God would come through the church. And the heavenly realm is waiting for us to appropriate a lifestyle. If you were David in the cave and Saul is going to kill you, how would you live? Would you have taken him out with a knife? The man doesn't. What's in David that he doesn't kill this guy that's trying to kill him? It's like, if I don't kill him now, he might kill me tomorrow. But the man doesn't. He's got a righteousness in him. Unless your righteousness exceeds those of the Pharisees, you will not enter into the kingdom of heaven. This reality, not the place heaven, but a reality in him which is here. See, David, this man, he's a, he has my own heart. He's demonstrating something for the church in the Old Testament. Ooh. He could have taken him out. The guy's trying to kill him, but no, he models something. I will not touch the man that God has anointed, even if it costs me my own life. I will build that church on the earth. The world is waiting for it to be built. It is being built and it is coming into more. And it's that church that a world looks at and sees Christ was sent for me. And I'm a non-Christian because I see the unity and the love that's coming out of those people. That's what the Bible says will happen when the church arrives at this point. See, there's no self left in that. And we need the power of God if we're going to live that out. And so he says, my grace is sufficient for you to become out on the water with me. Get out of, let go of, get your eyes on me. Stop living for self. It's all dead anyway. And I'm going to bring you to a place where there'll be a transaction between you and me. And there'll be a power in you. And you'll follow me. And that's the challenge for me. And that's the challenge for us because the Bible here in 2 Timothy 3 says this. But realize this, that in the last days difficult times will come. Now he's talking to the church here. For men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revelers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious, gossips without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to a form of godliness, although they have denied its power. You got a form of. You know how to sing the songs. You know how to organize good meetings. You know how to turn up week in, week out and do all the programs, but you have, you got the power my power to live the life that transforms, that you come alive. Because it says in these last days, this is going to happen. I can recognize myself in those things. Can you? You have a form of it, but it lacks something. It lacks a power to lay one's life down, to give all to him. And so he invites us to enter into this process of, Greg, my grace is sufficient for you. 
My power is sufficient for you to come somewhere in me and in it. Paul, and I'll finish with this, then says these words. I love these words that he finishes with at the end of 2 Corinthians. Let me read it to you. Therefore, I am well content with weaknesses, with insults, with distresses, with persecutions, with difficulties for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Where the vessel and the work that he wants to do will be a living reality where you'll actually say those words. Christ in me, joy, peace, righteousness. When I'm pressed, when I'm squeezed, either by the Father, circumstance or situation, you don't see someone who just loses the plot. You see Christ in me come forth and stand and go, I can go through this with my head held high, applying grace and love as I move through whatever it is. Amen? That's for all of us. And so I want to encourage you this week, if you're going through things, maybe you're going through things right now, don't run away from them, run into them with him. Embrace it. Allow him to teach you something internally. Allow him to change you internally he said I'll never leave you I'll never forsake you and there's a work I want to do in you and my experience is when I let go walk through the narrow pathway life comes we look and it's back to front it's the right way round if you lose your life you'll find your life what's the point of gaining the whole world and losing your soul. There's none. And the only process to come into this life in Christ, it's a narrow process. You can't get any other way. you just got to go, I'm going through it. And he'll never leave you, never forsake you, never power for you. It'll be scary at times. But you come out. And I'm not saying it's just one process. There are multiple processes because he's perfecting his bride. But what you learn and who you become as you go through it only ever brings life. And so death of self, life in him. Amen. So Father, I want to thank you for tonight.